Wanna ring the bell? Alright. Ding, ding. What is up? We are back. We are Two Views Movies, and not only are we back, but Cobra Kai is back. Cobra Kai is back, yes. <laughs> uh, it's been a long time. It's been 18 months. Um, big delays. COVID uh, went over from... Uh, YouTube? Not yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they transferred from YouTube Red or YouTube Premium, whatever you're going to call it, to Netflix. So some, some delays in there, and... It, it, it felt like a long time, but I went back and did a, a season one and season two rewatch. Did you? I watched the end of season two again before this. I wanted to see if it was as bad as I remembered. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, okay, so, so we have politely asked or reminded people on Twitter that uh, we have covered season one and season two of Cobra Kai. Because we, we're obviously a movie podcast, so you know why would we? But, you know, the tie-in to movies makes all sorts of sense. So we have covered season one and season two. So if you haven't listened to those and you would like to, please do so. But when you said that, you are specifically meaning the ending of season two. Not like how bad season two was. Yeah, the season finale of season two was, yeah. Yeah. um, You had more of a problem with it than I did, as I recall. Um, and when we get into our spoiler section of this episode, I'm going to be interested to dive into this a little bit more due to the, let's say parallels between the end of season two (laughs) and the end of season three. We'll use that word parallels. Okay. Fair. Um, okay. So since we're in our spoiler free section, we're all still new to this, right? You know, it's our second episode back from hiatus where we're half, I shouldn't say half, we're part spoiler free, part spoilers. So first part, like usual, we're going to go spoiler free. And then we'll we'll give you a nice little warning, and then we'll switch over. But while we're in our spoiler-free section, um, hit, hit me with your overall thoughts. You and I haven't really talked about this. Yeah, it's uh, it. I think overall it's better than season two. So I think. Ooh, that, interesting. I think they they corrected the things that I disliked about season two, um, and they set up all sorts of things that I'm giddy for uh, throughout this season. Okay. Um, little drops here and drops there, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like where this is going. I feel like they finally have, not that they didn't have a plan, but I think they didn't know quite what this was going to be, and then now they have a plan. Okay. Um, I want to ask a question, and if it needs to wait until the spoiler section, then then let's do that. But you, you said that they kind of course-corrected some things from, from Season 2. So kind of putting you on the spot. Can yeah. you tell me what those are like either just tell me what they were in season two well, or I, I felt like you... there there was a lot of cheesiness in season two like they got away from uh what worked in season one in season two and, and i thought it it got cheesy and, and more kitty and more kid friendly than nostalgia throwback hey if you watch this when you're growing up and now you're of our age you would enjoy this i feel like that was season one in the season two, they kind of went away to, hey, let's explore a new uh, demographic. And it just didn't have the same feel. I thought it was still good, okay. mind you. I, I just didn't think it had the same feel. And then I felt like this season was back to how season one felt. 
Okay. So yeah, without giving too much away, I, I, and I, I'm just going to kind of reiterate what I think I heard you say in my head, like season one was more for adults and it, and it focused more on the adults in the show. And then season two skewed a little bit more towards the kids. And then now you think season three is kind of reverting back a little bit and focusing more on not only focusing more on the adults in the story, but gearing more towards the adults as viewers. I think so. I think so. Okay. Because I, I feel okay. like when they focus too much on the kids uh, in season two, it became it became cheesy. Not, I mean, they're obviously a very important part of the, the show of all three seasons. But, sure. But I felt like everything else took a backseat. And, okay. And this this brought it back to the, the forefront. Okay. I mean, I, I, I can't possibly disagree with the focus more on the kids in season two. I, I And the course correction in season three. I, I don't think I had a problem with it like you did in season two. Um, but I, I will 100% agree with you that I, I, you can sense that a little bit in the show. And I actually think that that was a reading some things that I did on the internet. I think there were some people that were a little um, worried about that. Cause I think some people liked the focus on the kids and didn't want as much of a focus on adults and, and probably some adults. I guess here's the thing. I can't, I can't possibly imagine somebody watching any season of Cobra Kai and saying, I want less Johnny Lawrence. <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, well, no. I, think, I feel like the only people that are going to say this are those that did not grow up with the Karate Kid. Sure. Yes. But I, you know what? This is one of those things that's really weird to me because obviously when we grew up, Karate Kid was a thing. All three of them. Like it, it was a big deal, right? Like, you know, I think, I think, epi- or not episode three, Jesus, uh, part three um, came out when, in like 89. So, you know, you and I were all of seven years old. So like it, it, we we're, were little we're crane, kids. Crane kicking everybody. <laughs> right. Exactly. But Johnny's only in the first one. It's not like Johnny's this villain like Darth Vader built up over three movies. I mean, no. that's not it. So, like, you can get all you need out of Johnny Lawrence now as a 15-year-old going back to watch Karate Kid by just watching the first one. You you get all you need from that. I, I, I think what you're saying, though, is that there's something about Johnny Lawrence being an 80s kid and us being in the 80s and, and that kind of nostalgia and and what it meant to like grow up in that era that even if you go back and watch Johnny now like the things that he's saying and the way he's acting is just not gonna hit the same with younger audiences I do agree with that but also we have seen the Karate Kid one two and three and an unhealthy amount of times right whether that be on channel 62 growing up you know to us making fun of it in college to just random watches for some reason marathons uh, and torturing ourselves with Daniel LaRusso uh, uh, post-college. It, but right. most people don't have that depth of knowledge where they've retained these things that they've thrown in the series like we have. Sure. And, and I think that that's, that elevates my enjoyment of this because there are a ton of references in season one and season three more so uh, that just hint at the Karate Kid world that yeah. you wouldn't get. It may be a throwaway line. You know, oh, that was kind of funny, but it was referencing something. Sure. And, and sure, we sure. get that. And I don't think that the majority of audiences do. And I all, I definitely don't think the the younger audiences do that may have seen it once. And said, so, yeah, I saw it. Johnny Lawrence is the bad guy. You know? Right. And Terry Silver was this other guy. 
you know, yeah. and uh, Crease and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I've seen them, but I don't know them. And I feel like we, unfortunately, know them all. <laughs> sure. Okay. I mean, yes, I, I do agree with that. Um, I, I think what I was trying to say earlier was that nobody should or I don't think wants any less Johnny Lawrence. I think when people were worried about the refocus on the adults, I mean, and and I'm speaking personally, but I guess I'll just kind of broadly speak for everybody is like, you can, you can only handle so much Daniel LaRusso. (laughs) I mean, if you, if you watched all three movies and then the first two seasons, there is a fine line you have to strike with that character. And, I think in the first one, it's okay. And I even went back and rewatched part two, and it's fine. Three, he is miserable. Just a miserable human being, and it's hard to even root for him. So I think that's where I'm going with that. And then I also think there's like this unknown of of Crease, right? Like, he's just... He was kind of like Johnny Lawrence in the first three movies, right? He's a bad guy. We know he's bad, but you don't really have a lot of back information on him other than, you know, he served in Nam with, with Terry Silver and started Cobra Kai and, you know, is a jerk with a, a jerky creed for a, you know, karate dojo. So, like, the the exploration of him, I think, is an interesting one, too, because I don't know if people wanted it, and then I'm not sure how they're going to feel about it once it plays out. Yeah, his... We're going to give him more depth, more backstory. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you don't need to do that with villains. They just, Correct. They just are what they are. And the less you know, the better. We had that conversation with, what, Predator? The Predator, yeah. when that came out, is we don't we don't need to know how he turns invisible or why he has dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. You know, it ruins it, actually, now that they have purpose. You know, it was just something cool that they had, and now that you've explained it, it's like, uh, it's kind of dumb. Yeah, but exactly. I don't, I don't think that they went that route yet with crease um but i I do see you don't you don't need it uh so much except for bringing some new audiences into the fold of who are these people yeah and i think that's the risk you run i mean and and i do feel like season three had a pretty good balance i I think that while i agree with you they course corrected back to the adults a little bit i i don't think the scales were tipped too much one way or the other it felt like a pretty good balance between kids and uh the adults of the show so, you and I, just hinted to this earlier, we watched all three of them, what, 10 years ago? Back to back. It was back probably about 10 years ago, yeah. And we, all in one day, one sitting, it was a miserable experience. Like it we, really was. We, we truly despised Daniel LaRusso after that. He Again, yep. like you said, he's tolerable in, in doses, uh, but when you have him ruining Miyagi's life at every turn, every step that he, he takes, every word that he says is so disrespectful, uh, when you when you pile them all together, he might be the most hated protagonist, I yeah. think, in a cinematic movie. Like I don't yep. know that there's one that you're supposed to like that you hate more than Daniel LaRusso. I off the top of my head, I, I would agree with that. And it was amazing to do that marathon when we did it because it's just in the, in those individual chunks of a movie, he seems he he might skew a little annoying. Like you can kind of see it, but when you string them all together and get the whole story and you get it all at once, just like a fire hose right at you, it's just like this guy is the most ungrateful, whiny person I've ever met in my life. He's terrible. Uh, He's so terrible. And, and they carried yeah. it straight. Th- and and I think that's I don't know if that's Ralph, 
That's got to be Ralph because they carried it into into this. You well, can't, you can't th- deviate that much from from Daniel is. Yeah, the, the, there is some of that. Like, I, I definitely think that Ralph is Daniel to a certain extent. There's just these mannerisms that he has, like the way he walks and the way he says some words and his facial expression. So some of it is just Ralph, but some of it's the writing. Like, clearly in you know part three of the movie, they didn't have to write him running his mouth the whole time and just ruining things from left to right. Like, because in, in, in part two, which is the one I was really intent on revisiting for this season, because, you know, they had basically given us in the trailer, you know, alluded to, and even some of the pictures and stuff came out that were telling us that this was going to be part two focused. So I revisited that one. He, he's really not that bad in that one. He's got bits and pieces, but that's a very Miyagi focused movie. It's really part three where he just unloads. The egos, egos, full Daniel son. Yeah, and it's it's no good. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously that's the baggage that we carry into Cobra Kai, and honestly, I think they do a pretty good job of staying true to that character, even in this season. Meaning, like Daniel's still the guy who, yeah, we know he's supposed to be the good guy, and he is portrayed as the good guy in this show. It's not the you know Daniel Larusso is a bully. YouTube video that got popular however long ago. They're definitely not going that route, but they definitely, he's flawed, right? He's, he's, he gets himself into situations that he shouldn't. He's hard headed. He, you know, does things wrong and then has to kind of backtrack out of them. There's definitely a cycle to everything Karate Kid, whether it's the movies or whether it's the show, it's, you know, revolving around Daniel, always forgetting the lessons of Mr. Miyagi and then trying to correct that. I want to know how many times they said Miyagi this season. It was a lot. But, I mean, especially if you count Miyagi Do. Yes, I do, because that's part of it. Okay. <laughs> it, like, almost every sentence of dialogue that Daniel had had Miyagi in it, I feel, yeah. in at least three ep- three straight episodes. Yeah, I, I, I think, especially considering that they knew that they were going to rely heavily on part two, I, I think that was intentional. So I mean, if you I, played a drinking I will... game with Miyagi, <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, it's it's going to be bad news for you. Miyagi's love sake, so you could just, <laughs> you know, take some sake every time he says that, and you'll end up singing like drunk Miyagi by the end of the night. That I mean, it it was like okay, enough. I, you you can reference him some other way, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it's a bit strong, but I I will say, man, I, I feel like. This show continues to be probably one of the best, if not the best examples of how to resurrect something and do it in a nostalgic way, but still build out those characters and not feel hokey or cheesy. And some of the things that they do are just the attention to detail is so, so good that they don't miss a beat, man. Like they, they are just on their game when it comes to the subtle references to this one little thing in, in movie one or movie two or movie three. I mean, they really sat down, I feel like, and mapped this all out. And we're like, hey, we want to put this little reference in here, but if we're going to do it, we got to do it just like this so that it hits the same exact way. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I feel like that's very evident in this season. Absolutely. And so, and I think that they finally have a plan. I feel like they may have Star Wars to the first two, but I think they're now, uh, you know, MCU where I feel like they have a plan through seven episodes or seven seasons. Like they know where they're going now and it, and it shows. And I feel like it, it's 
it's a better written show because of it. I, I'm taking it as that Star Wars comment was a backhanded compliment in some kind of way, or maybe even just an absolute it, slight. It was to not it, but... a compliment at all. It was a well, we're going to okay. take this season by season, and we don't know where we're going. Basically, lost. You know, I so, see. So I will like, strongly. Like, oh, we kind of have an idea of what we're going to do, but not really laid out. And then I feel like now it feels laid out. Like Netflix came in and said, "We're going to fund you for X number of seasons." So, like, okay, let's think this out. You know, and then they planned out X number of seasons, and it feels like it's connected better than season one and season two. Okay, I will. Di- I will disagree with you on that one. I I feel like it's been very, very cohesive from the get go. I feel like it was completely mapped out what they wanted to do between the start of one and start of two, and where they wanted those characters to go. Same with you know two to the start of three, and now three to the end. I I have not you, felt but one. You feel at- like. One through the end of two was planned at the same time. Yes, I do. I, I feel I, I, I haven't. I haven't I feel seen like anything. Season one was a hey, is anybody going to watch this? And let's just throw well, this out there and see what happens. Okay. Well, I mean, I think there's always the chance that they're worried that something's not going to get picked up. So you maybe play your cards a little bit stronger in the first season. Uh, but there's been no indication to me that these guys hadn't at least thought through where they wanted this all to go in some way, shape or form, because I, I I'm just not seeing like puzzle pieces dropped on the floor or plot threads that just dangle there and don't end up being resolved. I mean, I, I feel like it does a really good job of in each season presenting stuff and for the most part, tying those things up, but then dropping some new threads that the next season can go on to. And there are some that have crossed one, two, and three, but I just don't think you can do that without having some sort of idea of what you want to do. Whereas, you know, your comparison to Star Wars truly was like, hey, we're just going to do season one, and then, you know, we're just going to, season two, we're just going to start over with a whole new dry erase, but we're going to wipe it all clean and go. And I don't feel like that was this case at all. I, I feel like it's been a very very seamless show for me do you think there's anything in season two that they dropped the hint to season three because i don't think there is but i think throughout season three they hinted at things that we may not see till season five um that's kind of i would that's ha- kind of what i'm thinking of i feel well, like they wrapped everything up except for the cliffhanger at the end of season two but they wrapped everything up in that little bubble but there was no hints or even drops at things that would be future seasons and and that this season, I felt like it was really going, we're really going to explore the space, you know, and, and just, and we may not see it for a while, but uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying to think, I think plots, they do a, a pretty good job. I mean, like obviously at the end of two, so if you haven't seen two, you know, season two, I mean, you know, might not listen right now, but you know, there was some hints at, there was some hints of Ali going on there. Right. Uh, so that's a thread that carried over well, cause into, you, cause you had to talk about Ali cause that's what, started it well all. i know but I'm, I'm giving you examples of things that they started in two that carried over into three obviously you have you have the fight there's plot threads that yeah, see, even when they hinted alley i think there's no way that we're ever going to be able to get elizabeth shoe to reprise the role so we're just going to kind of that's just kind of there but i feel oh like, I, I disagree I feel like I, now there's a thing that they believe if they want somebody i feel like they think they can get them i i guarantee they knew when they wrote in season two that elizabeth shoe was going to be on board I I think they would have reached out to her. They would have known, um, but then but then beyond plot, there's lots of themes that are still going on here, right? Like themes that carry across about you know who's good and who's bad and who's really 
teaching the kids the right things and not. So I, that's what I mean by like it. It has never felt disjointed to me in any way, shape, or form, crossing from one season to the other. I feel so like that's it's why disjointed. I just don't think it was as thought out as I feel this season has done for future seasons. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I will just have to disagree. I feel like it is. I feel I feel like each season has presented and wrapped up its plots for the most part, but started some new ones that are there. Uh, and there's overarching themes that have been carrying over that that need to be resolved. And obviously, there's bigger conflicts that are that exist that are playing out not only just in this season, but that are going to go into the next. And I, and I think I've heard that they have a plan through like I think it's maybe six seasons. I think is what what the the end is going to be. I mean, obviously things can always change, but I think that's what I've heard. See, and that that makes sense to me. That, it feels like that's what they're doing now, but I didn't feel like that's how they started it. Which is fine, but but to okay. your earlier point that I totally breezed by, uh, was I don't think there's anything comparable that that puts it all together like you said. I don't I don't need to, of nostalgia and bringing mm-hmm. new life into it that even holds a candle to this. Agreed. And I, like I said, you you can bring some up, but they're they're nowhere near one entertaining, two job well done, or breathing new life into it. Right. It's, uh, this this is done so much better than I would even imagine we're capable of doing. Yep. And I will say, I'm, I'm sure there's stuff out there. I know there's stuff out there that I haven't seen, right? Like, I mean, you haven't seen everything out there? <laughs> well, I'm saying, like, my, my, my daughter Fuller has House, watched... is that what you're talking about? Exactly, yes. She's watched Fuller House. So, like, there are things like that where they're trying to bring things back. Hell, you and I were just talking about, which I know this is totally different, but we were talking about the Voltron reboot this morning that's on Netflix and has been. I mean, I know that's those are different, reboot. so... But there's things out there that I'm sure have have tried. But I, I I think it sounds like we're in agreement that this is pretty much the gold standard for how you do this. And not only that, but you know, in a, in a day and age where like it's it's cool to do an anti-hero kind of thing, and not everyone can pull that off. Or like, um, not even just an anti-hero, but you know, like let's flip it on its head. That's that's a, a, a thing these days, right? Like let's take an old property and let's make the bad guy the good guy, right? Oh, it's gonna be great. And then you you know you watch it, and you're like, well, oh, okay, well, nice try. I mean, you didn't get far beyond the concept. But this did that. It's done all that. Done the nostalgia. It did the good guy, bad guy flip. You know, all that kind of stuff. And it, it, it's nailed it so far. Well, I'm sure this is at the top of your news feed. But Mario Lopez said that he is only coming back to Saved by the Bell because of Cobra Kai. Because they okay, said Mario. They, they showed that it could be done and done well. And I have no doubt that Saved by the Bell comeback <laughs> will do this with flying colors. Um, I, so I knew that was happening, and I, I will say, if the Save by the Bell reboot or whatever is out, um, not reboot, can't, continued story or continuation, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Um, if that's happening right now, or it's been already been released, it can't be that good because I haven't heard anything about it. I don't it. think it's out yet. Okay, yeah. okay, and, and my guess is it's not going to be that good. I mean, no, I, this I, show, I don't know. There's not even a story to continue. I don't think. <laughs> I mean, this is this a movie that's different from a TV show continuing on. Yeah. But I don't know. Have we have we had a, a movie to TV show outside of like Mandalorian? Yeah, uh, man, I don't know. You're putting me on the spot. I, I feel like there's had to have been like, I mean, I think like maybe Manhunter or something like that. Or but that's an continuation, uh, right? Is that I thought that uh, was like know. a different. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, they're different characters. I don't know. 
I mean, there, there's some that take a a TV or a movie franchise and turned it into into a TV show, but I don't think it was a direct sequel, if you will, right from, from the movie. I think it's just using those characters again. I'm sure there's got to be some that maybe we're just not remembering off the top of our head um, that have done that, but it, well, obviously, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Name I guess whatever what we're it is you're thinking of that we haven't seen, this is better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so it sounds like overall you enjoyed the season, you liked it. So it sounds like it, I would. I'm on the fence. I, I think I'm going to leave my season rankings until after I see season three again, because I think I'm. I think I've seen season one like four times, season two three times, and I've only seen wow. season three once. Um, nothing will top season one ever. I mean, that's like lightning in a bottle stuff and that's not to <laughs> knock season two or three or any future seasons, honestly, but you know, it surprised be- you. Yeah. Yeah. We, we beat this topic to death and it's part of the reason for the name of our show, right? Like there's expectations. And I think we went into season one with just some really skeptical expectations and it crushed it. And you're just that that first initial onslaught of Johnny Lawrence and every all the little nuances about him. You're you're just not going to be able to replicate that. That you just can't. So season one won't be topped. But as of right now, my I think my initial reaction is I prefer season three to two. Uh, or no, two to three, two to three. Um, but I, I'm not I'm not putting my flag in the ground on that because I need to see it again. Riddle me this. Out of the three movies, what's your ranking of the movies? Well, this gets tricky um, because we're not going on best <laughs> movie. We're going on Garrett's favorite movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to put two last because just the nature of two over my entire life is that it just gets forgotten and gets lost. And that doesn't mean it doesn't have good moments. It doesn't mean it's a bad movie. It's just certainly not. It gets lost because... One is iconic and enjoyable for actually being, you know, a pretty solid movie. Uh, Pat Morita was nominated for an Oscar for Mr. Miyagi. Like it, it's got good stuff. It's iconic. So I, I'll never be able to say that one is not the best. Three is not good, but I like lots of not good movies. <laughs> so three has so much humor to it that maybe it's just us that we've parsed through all that after years and years and years that I think I go one, three, two. Uh, I love three so much because it's so awful and so over the top that there, if you ask me any given day, it could be three, one, two, but obviously one is a better movie, but three and Terry silver are, are is where my heart is. Uh, it's just so funny because he is such a dick to Daniel. Like, yeah. Daniel does a backwards roll, <laughs> a backwards somersault roll and stands up. And Terry Silver, oh, it's a good little move. Miyagi teach you that? And Daniel goes, no. He's like, yeah, didn't think so. I mean, I know. It's such an asshole. <laughs> it's so, the best thing about Terry Silver in 3 is that, and I don't know if Thomas Ian Griffith meant to do this, he smiles the whole movie pretty much. Like oh, yeah. he, he it's gets almost, a kick out of himself. Yeah, I don't know whether he's laughing in character or laughing out of character. Like I don't know what's going on. Maniacal. But the guy, the guy is smiling ear to ear the whole time, and it works though because it, it, it reads on the screen as that he's just so happy well, he's to be manipulating. He's a billionaire yeah. that's picking on a high school kid. 
Yeah, and he loves it. Like the part where Daniel finally gets mad and starts punching the the wooden boards and he's starting to bleed and Terry's just around the corner laughing. Like it's it's so fantastic. Uh he goes, We want you to be a super villain. He's like, Deal. I'll be a karate <laughs> so super villain. It's so good. So uh so I have a little a little soft spot in my heart for three because I, I know it so well and there's so many little stupid things in there that I just can't get enough of. <laughs> it's it's great man so uh, but for, as far as the seasons go is that's why i was trying to see if it if it compared but i'm i'm the one three two also uh well i i think seasons. i flipped I, I was actually one two three well i'm in, in mine with the movies yes okay I'm, gotcha I'm gotcha, gotcha three two uh on both so consistent yeah. yes yes <laughs> okay so i think uh I think we're ready to dive in yeah i think we're ready for spoilers let's go This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. Spoilers! Let's do it. <laughs> okay, I ha- I wrote some lines down that I just absolutely loved from, and I started to do this, take notes while I was watching, and then I fell into it. So, but one of the first things that they they did it the first episode was the newscaster that in what could only be described as a karate riot yeah <laughs> i loved it like there's, let's just lean there, into it there is no way else you could describe this no other than a Zero karate chance. riot from season nope, it, two it's not a school brawl it's not a massive fight it's not a a rumble it's it's nothing it's a karate riot it can only be described as a karate riot yeah, I love that. I mean, you you know, local news are looking for cool angles. I mean, you you just want to say, oh, hey, there was a fight at a school. You want to call it a karate riot? Karate riot sounds like kind of a cool band name or something. <laughs> karate riot. Yeah, sounds too much like quiet riot. It does, but karate riot's way better. Yes. Oh, I agree completely. Why would you want to be quiet when you could do karate? <laughs> do karate exactly. Karate makes everything better. It's like ninjas. We've talked about this. Yes. Yes. Ninjas do do make everything better. But but one of the <laughs> One of the other lines, I think, I think it's still in episode one, was when they're uh, arguing to keep the uh, uh, the karate tournament, and Daniel is talking, and said, "I I learned karate, you know, because I was bullied in high school." And somebody from the back that you don't see says, "I heard you were the bully," you know. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just the writing in this season, I just thought they they're really on point, and they just nailed it with all sorts of different nostalgia and just the world of Karate Kid. And I just thought they did did a, a great job with season three. Yeah, they absolutely did, and and that's what I meant kind of earlier by like they the writers clearly have a deep respect for and understanding of the movies that came before it because that that's clearly a nod to the whole YouTube video of Daniel was the real bully, right? And and the way Johnny told the story in the in season one. So yeah, I mean that. It's stuff like that that like it's subtle, but it's just there enough to where like if if you are familiar with the series like we are, it it, it hits nice. Yeah, and that's not even another series. That's just popular culture of sure Karate Kid. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That it even has that, but that and then they they do a nod to it. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to mention, I already talked to you about this a little bit, but I mean, I had a massive bone to pick with Netflix on this one. Um. You know, it's it's Friday, the day that it comes out, you know, uh, January 1st, the new year. 
And my wife and I are getting ready to watch Cobra Kai. It's like nine in the morning. You know, we've waken up, have our coffee. You're like, okay, we're excited. We're going to watch Cobra Kai. And I go to the Netflix menu and they have the big banner images when you select Cobra Kai or whatever. And the banner image they had is Robbie standing in a Cobra Kai gi next to John Kreese. I'm like, okay, cool. Thank you, Netflix. I appreciate Spoiler. that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I'm not naive enough to think that that wasn't a strong possibility given the story arcs that were happening. But still, I would, you know, so now I'm just waiting, you know, for the inevitable. Like, okay, at some point, like, sequence. Yeah. It's like, or or it's like when, uh, oh God, if it would have been a dream sequence, Johnny wakes up. (laughs) I mean, actually, I mean, I kind of would have preferred that given that they gave it away. Right. But the, the problem becomes that, it almost becomes like a countdown in my head at that point. So it's kind of like when you do like a, you start with a scene in a movie like John Wick when it starts and then it goes back and then starts to tell you like, okay, counting down in my head now. At some point, we're going to end up back at this point. So like I was watching this series and just sitting there thinking like, okay, at some point, Robbie's going to end up on Cobra Kai. So then like as each episode goes by, I'm just like, okay, okay, okay. You know, now I'm just waiting. So it just, it annoyed, it annoyed me because why do that? No, I, I hate that also uh, when they do like the two weeks earlier. And so then you're like, okay, what has to happen to get to that point? It's right. very, it's very distracting and I don't feel it's necessary. This is not the storyteller's uh, problem. This is you and Netflix problem. Yeah. And I would have been, if I'm one of the season writers for this, I would be kind of pissed. Like, hey, Netflix, what the hell, man? Like, don't give away one of our plot points in a banner image. Like you, you could literally pick millions of marketing images or images from seasons one and two, which I would not even recommend doing because people may not have watched people seasons one and two. Yeah, yeah. Like just think a little bit, Netflix. Jesus. Um, and, and then that kind of goes to like the whole um, giving away Kumiko and Chosen ahead of time. Yeah, why do like, that? I, I don't know. Like, it's fine to tease it because, like, I think the first teaser trailer I saw was like just the sigh coming down by his head or whatever. Which, you know, of course, if you're familiar with the franchise, you'd be like, okay, well, maybe that's chosen, maybe it's not. But then, like, in publicity uh, shots, you know, in the week leading up to the show, you're just gonna show Kumiko and Chosen. Like, <laughs> why give that away? I mean, it's not a huge plot point in season three necessarily, but still, why? Yeah, I, I thought it was really cool when. He showed up in Japan, even though I knew that that was going to happen. Like, okay, mm-hmm. somehow Chosen is going to be involved in him getting the car dealership deal. I didn't know how, but I thought some sure. way it was going to be around that because I knew he was in it at that right. point. Uh, and then it's like, oh, okay, he has this sort of respect for him now in life debt or whatever. You know, he didn't kill him. Uh, so maybe that's why he's going to help him. And I truly, I didn't even think about the little girl in the hurricane. I but didn't either. I couldn't. I couldn't get there. I, could, I was like, "Well, she's a teacher of dance." I was like, "That's mm-hmm. not going to get you to a car dealership." Like, right. Chosen clearly has no. I thought when he was walking away from them, their fight scene, he was going to mention what he did for a living randomly. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end, and I'm like, "Oh, they're going to tie that together," but they didn't, and so yeah, they kept me guessing. So kudos. Yeah, I, I'm glad that they still kept that stuff open. It's just how much more cool would it have been when you're watching the season? Because like. I honestly wondered, you know, knowing that Kumiko and Chosen were going to be in this, I was like, well, how are they going to get Daniel over to Japan? Like, surely it's not going to be like, oh, I got to go soul searching. I'm going to go back to Okinawa. So I give them credit for, well, not really. I mean, he went for the, he went for the car dealership. And then, I mean, that's why he went to Tokyo. (laughs) 
sure, sure, sure. But it's it's way better writing to fold in the car dealership angle to get him over to, you know, at least over to Tokyo, and then you know have him be nostalgic for Okinawa. That that's way better writing than just being like. Oh, Daniel's struggling with Miyagi Do, and he he's just going to leave the family for two weeks and go to Okinawa and all that stuff. That like that's the you know basic element. So I was glad they went above and beyond, but it just it would have been so much better of an experience had you not known that he was even going to go to Japan and that Kumiko and Chosen would be there, right? Like, yeah, no, I, just I, I don't agree. understand giving it away. I agree. That's that's bad work by by a trailer guy. But I did, I did like it all. I mean, I, I thought the Kumiko still dancing was a little corny but <laughs> yeah. um you know the the chosen stuff all I, I mean once he talked to kumiko it was all fine like i i thought it was really well written uh i thought the chosen angle was really good like you, you sense that there's some hostility in there but it's it's really more of like a mutual respect kind of thing even though daniel's not really aware of it at the time like i, I liked it i dug it yeah i, I like chosen i thought uh, that came back really well i think the best thing about the japan trip though was i, I like the miyagi letters a lot so I'm I'm one of those people that like anytime you get like a Miyagi clip or a flashback or a voiceover, like I think that stuff works really well in the show. And they do a I, I know you mentioned that he says the name Miyagi a lot and I get that, but like when they actually fold in a scene with Miyagi or a voiceover, like that always hits really hard for me for some reason. Cause it takes you to your youth. Uh, yeah, Pat. I guess. There's Pat. Yeah. <laughs> but the letters were really good. The ones he wrote to Yukie and that um Kumiko reads to Daniel. I thought that was really good. I thought it was a really good way of instead of Daniel just staring out a window and remembering a lesson from Miyagi, like that was a way to have him talk to like him. A, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. A new voice for Pat Morita in the show, even though they couldn't do that. It was a really, really great writing there. Yeah, nope. That was good. I enjoyed that. And it was good that uh he learned something from somebody who knows stuff. <laughs> yes, you know, because yes. Chosen clearly has always been a better fighter than him. Yes, and, and so it was good that he could be taught more that he could pass on or use, you know, against Greece. Yeah, which while we're there, I, I think you'll agree with this, but I'm interested to know the the, the new. Um, I don't know if it even had a name, but the the new move because every Karate Kid season and every Karate Kid movie has a move. The armpit punch. <laughs> yeah is this the best move in your mind well yeah if you can limit his limbs for sure well even just I mean, even just con- even just conceptually right i mean it, it doesn't look the coolest but you you disable your opponent the most right the man can't stand he can't fight <laughs> there you go <laughs> it's a little bit of quicksilver meeting up yeah. with uh miyagi Do. uh yeah so like my my whole problem is like like the crane technique uh, I'm calling bullshit on the fact that Miyagi says you can't defend it if you do it right. It's a kick. Indefensible. Yeah. Indefensible. It, 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 Until no. Chosen does it and puts you on your ass. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, And then the drum technique was just swinging your arms back and forth. Um, Kata is only good for working up a sweat. It is. So it, it is whatever it is. Yeah. And then you have the um one-hand... S- God awful handstand from season one <laughs> that Miyagi could never perfect, right? And, and apparently, Daniel pulls off at his age of like fifty seven years old by looking like Luke doing Jedi training on Dagobah. Like it's it's the one thing in season one that cringes me every single time. It's bad. It is really um, bad. 
And then I, does season two have a move? I, I feel like it. Oh, it's the wheel. Yeah. Yeah, Just which is terrible. The balance. and Yeah. Yes. So then finally, now that we've done three movies and two seasons, we actually get like a karate move that like makes sense in the context of martial arts, right? Like you use pressure points that you can hit in certain ways and it makes your opponent's you know, arms or legs go numb, which I mean, if anybody's seen Kung Fu movies or karate movies from back in the day, like that's, it's, it's always a thing. So not only does it feel a little bit real, it's not overly corny. So finally, I feel like we got something that's, I can look at in a karate kid and be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's well, fine. And cool. you're uh, missing an important piece of this. Something believable that Daniel could do. <laughs> For sure. You know, because he, a karate master, he is not. And the poor guy, I mean, he tries, even the fight scenes you can tell is not him. Yeah. You know, and it's it's not believable that he's doing some of these things, uh, especially, you know, season one. But this, you know, a quick jab to somebody's armpit to move around and hit him over. Yeah, I, I think Daniel could do that. Yeah. I, I mean, they have subtly tried to fill in the gaps of Daniel's lost years or off-screen years with a lot of karate training, right? Like, he's out there wielding a staff. <laughs> he's, he's a Jedi I mean, now. I mean, they are really, I mean, yes, it is very much Luke at the end of Empire Strikes Back and then Luke at the start of Return of the Jedi. It is very much like, okay, there was some off-screen stuff happening because he's acting like he is a, you know, like four times over black belt sensei. Like, <laughs> there's a there's a little bit of stretching going on there. I will continue your training, dude. You, you won two karate tournaments when you were 18, yeah. and you're going to continue my karate training? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we you have to assume that Daniel has, uh, in his spare time of raising two kids and becoming an auto king of the valley, um, you know, honed his skills quite a lot in the karate world. Okay. If you want to believe that. I just like the, I, I like that the move doesn't require physical skill. Yes. So yeah, so. I I still laugh at the kick from season one where he kicks the boba tea out of the dude's hand and Daniel's knee is barely at a forty five <laughs> degree angle. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I can't do that either. But I'm also not pretending or You're acting like master? I. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I did like, however, Crease using the uh, kick the bonsai tree off of the post in his training. Oh yes, yes, that was good. So that not was only do good. we have a pot, a pot throwback, we have a bonsai tree throwback, and yep. if you can kick that off the top of the post, then you win the still challenge. <laughs> yeah. And, and of course, uh, he's using a bonsai tree. Yep, and I, I thought of you when they did that because I immediately thought of the Captain America moment, right, where getting the flag off the flagpole. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you could see it coming. There's but. more more ways to do it than one. <laughs> exactly. Um. So in the one thing that. I will say I was annoyed by with this season is in episode one, Daniel and Johnny team up uh, to go looking for Robbie. And I was excited because it's like, okay, we've had two seasons now of back and forth teasing about when are these guys actually going to finally come together, right? Because season one and season two both had those moments where they all, they come together and then immediately after that, something drives them back apart. So then they just too much they like each other. Yes, which you know is actually said pretty much verbatim, right, <laughs> right. by Allie later on. Um, but I, I was happy because I thought, oh man, thank God they are gonna just—they're not gonna tease us anymore. Here we are in episode one, and they're back together. Um, so let's hit the ground running. 
And then by the end of episode one, they were split up again. I was like, God damn it, man. You got to be kidding me. Like well, a whole other canon. season. Of I mean, you can't expect him to work with him. Like, like. Well, and Daniel's a whiny baby, right? So I, mean, I didn't get have it. a problem with that. <laughs> I know. I, I get it. But at some point, you really run the risk of doing that too much, right? Like, oh, they're together. No, they're not. They're together. No, they're not. I mean, at some point, the audience is going to be like, all right, man, enough's enough. So I feel, I'm like, glad I feel by- like they did that, though. I feel like now we're going to get Buddy Cop. Yes, yes. I, by the by, the end of season three, we got that. But I thought we were starting season three off like that, and they took it away from me again. So hopefully we are we are past this. I, I think it will be a severe mistake to break them up again. Oh, I, I agree. But I think now you have two villains for two heroes. Exactly. And speaking of that... I kind of walked away at the end of season three thinking that the scales are tipped a little bit too far in Miyagi-Do's favor versus Cobra Kai, just based on, like, roster. Well, and that's what I was thinking the opposite uh, until Hawk switched. And then I was like, that makes more sense. Okay, because, see, Hawk switching is what made me think that, like, it's too much on the side of Miyagi. No, because Miyagi had nobody. They had his daughter and... The tall nerd guy, I can't think of his name. Uh, Dimitri. Dimitri, yes. And nobody. Well, Sam, uh, Miguel. Oh, and and Miguel. Okay. Yeah, so you had, you had Miguel, Sam, and then over on the other side you have Robbie and... Um, the bullies. Yeah, the, you have Robbie and the bullies. But So now you've got on one side, you got Hawk now. So it's Hawk, Miguel, and Sam... And then you had Robbie and Tori on the other side, so it, it felt a little. Well, Robbie, Tori, and the uh, the bullies. Yeah, yeah. You have well, yes. You have Kyler, who I guess they they magically turned into a really good fighter in like the span of like one episode. So it does kind of even out, but like I didn't really count Kyler, so it really felt like Miguel, Sam, and Hawk, and then Robbie and Tori and like a bunch of jobbers, right? Like just a bunch of people were throwing in there just to have bodies. So I, I felt like it needed a little bit more weight, but maybe if, I guess if they continue to elevate Kyler to be on the same level as, as Hawk, then maybe it, it's a little bit more even. Yeah. Than I, I always thought. viewed him as about the, about the same. Okay. And so that's why I was, I was weighted the wrong way. And then, especially cause I mean, Miguel can't even walk and can't kick, you know, he's basically Daniel <laughs> right now. You yeah. Know? yeah. He, he he's has, basically 59 he year old Daniel. Yes. He has not, quite gained his his skills back yet i would imagine that we are going to hit season four and that's going to be um, right he'll be full on yeah okay well and and that okay so i I know i'm bouncing around here a little bit but that was another thing about season three i liked i was really worried that they were going to have miguel uh be healthy very very quickly and like just kind of move on past it and so i was glad i mean like batman yeah, essentially, <laughs> essentially, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I was glad that he was. It, it took him a while to get back into shape, and even then, like you said, by the end of the season, he's not fully in shape because I, I think it would have done, in hindsight, it would have done season two a really big disservice to have him overcome that big of an injury that quickly. So the rosters, as we know them today, mm-hmm. going into a karate tournament, who wins? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't really think it's a question. I think Miguel you, and Robbie's a, a a pretty good standoff. I think. And do you think I, I'd, Miguel? I would wins. give the ed, I would Knowing give the edge. Knowing that there's six seasons potentially, I I would give the edge to Miguel. Um, Winning again. Yeah, taking I think, two trophies home. 
Well, I mean, does get that's the thing. to the end, apparently, because that's what so they he, set. Oh, yeah, that's the precedent they set in uh, <laughs> Karate Kid 3. The returning champion just gets to go to the finals. Jesus. <laughs> Sloppy writing. Um, well, I, okay, so I thought you were initially asking that in the context of, like, okay, who do I actually, like, think character-wise versus who, versus. But, no, who wins the All-Valley is what I want to know okay. next season. Um, I don't know, man, because... I, I, I'm really left kind of scratching my head um, where they go after next season. Because if the end game set up in all of this is Crease and Terry Silver what? and Rob and Robbie, Tori and Kyler versus Johnny and, and Daniel and Miguel, Sam and Hawk, and it culminates in the all Valley tournament. I don't know where you go after that because you're out of people to reintroduce from the past um, well, you will now have had, weird. you will now have had three full seasons of John Kreese and you've added in Terry Silver. I, and that goes, I don't see how Mike Barnes fits in the picture at all. I don't know how they seamlessly bring that guy back. It just doesn't seem like it's going to be well, easy. Terry's got to call him. Right. Yeah. But in what, in what role would he play? Right. Cause they already know, have two senseis. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So if I try to answer your question in the context of the story, I almost really can't because I don't understand where this movie goes after next season this or sorry is, where the show goes back to back episodes in 2021 where you you've not answered a question well i mean you see what i'm saying though right like i'm saying you could pick somebody and i can call you out in season four when it doesn't happen <laughs> well <laughs> I, okay what i would say is if i'm if i'm picking who wins each fight like without thinking about the context of the plot i think that uh miguel beats robbie i think Tori probably beats Sam, and I would say Kyler might beat Hawk by cheating um, in some way. That would be my guess, but that's done without thinking about what are the ramifications of that for the next season. Correct me if I'm wrong. Not correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't remember, so I can't be wrong, because I don't have an opinion. Did they combine the guys and the girls in season one when they fought? There were no girls in the tournament. I thought Samantha and her best friend were in the tournament. Oh, you know what? Aisha was in the tournament. Sam was not. Sam was a, a um, Sam was just there watching. So did but Aisha yes, you're right. fight? Good, good catch, guys. I believe she did fight a guy. Yes. Okay, so Sam and or Tori are also could be finals contestants. They could. Yes, they absolutely could. I think, and then I think Robbie did, wins for Cobra Kai this season knowing that uh, there are six maybe he doesn't fight miguel he may not fight miguel he may fight hawk yeah and then you and, and you do him. have to fight in between your own dojo right because i believe we saw cobra kai fighting each other in credit kid one yeah but i don't think that's gonna matter i think there'll be enough students no. to to go head to head yeah so it, that, it's so gonna be that's where i'm gonna put my money i bet i bet robbie wins and I'm gonna say he beats Hawk. I feel like he doesn't even fight Miguel. Maybe it's Robbie versus Sam. It could be Robbie versus Sam. I think or I like it that could one be Robbie better. Versus Mike Barnes, who's still eight. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait to see Mike Barnes again. <laughs> it's a bad I wonder if he's boy still karate, a hot, you know. I know. I wonder if he's still a hothead. I, of course, you don't just turn that off. No, no, no. You, 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 he loves it. Terry Silver's gonna love it. Oh, I, I can't wait. And so, okay, let's get to Terry. So they did a background on Crease. We go to Vietnam. We know him and Terry are in Vietnam. They throw mm-hmm. this schmuck with a ponytail in there. 
And so they, they head fake you. But then they say, oh, hey, string bean to this other guy. And mm-hmm. I knew that threw me. And I was like, yes, that's going to be Terry. So you did I catch that. I knew right then. You did catch that the ponytail guy, when he's first shown, runs over to Chris and goes, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. Did he? Yeah, I, I, he did. I missed that. Oh, yeah. No, he totally did. I was like, oh, there he is. And then they, they, they swerved me. They swerved you. So had I heard that, I probably wouldn't have even considered the difference. Yeah. But I don't remember. I just saw his ponytail and I was like, oh, and then they called and then they didn't say the other guy's name. Me not mm-hmm. realizing that they didn't say anybody's name. It went in, in Nam. But he called him the, look at this string bean. I was like, that's probably Terry. Yeah. And then they shot him and I'm like, oh, okay. He really did go that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So while we're here, what did you think of the Crease backstory? Because I mean, I, they stretched that out, right? Like every episode had some sort of flashback for Crease in it. Doesn't make sense. Okay. To get a karate champion of Nam medal trophy. Mm-hmm. Like that's in his dojo in the first and third yes. movie. So that he was not getting a trophy for that, for what they did. Uh, no, I, I, I think the year that we saw was 1968 and I think his karate trophy was 70 to 72. So my oh. assumption was we were seeing the foundations of where he learned karate I, and what kind of formed can I, him. Can I sidebar and hate that you know the years? <laughs> Dude, how many times do you I think know. I've seen that plaque? I know, but I just, I know I haven't, I didn't actually pay attention to when the year <laughs> when he was in Nam. Um, do you know uh, how many times we've seen that plaque and heard I the know, trumpet play every time okay. they show it? Okay, but the fact that you pulled it out without any hesitation. <laughs> okay, you just spent a couple of minutes at the beginning of this podcast talking about how much we've watched these I movies know. and how ingrained in the details we are. And then you're going to call me out for knowing that it's 70 to 72? Uh, uh, so bad. No hesitation, though. Not even a. Uh, no. I think about no. uh, 72 you know no you know uh, i'm you i'm waiting for the day for that we're at like a bar in a trivia and somebody asks what year what years was, was john cruise karate <laughs> champions in the u.s army <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm gonna scream it out so loud i can't wait to create a trivia that has that <laughs> in there so podcast trivia write that down yep uh, uh so yeah i don't think the intent was to show him winning karate tournaments there i think it was just supposed to be this is like how he became who he is and where Cobra Kai came from. And not afraid to kill somebody. Right. Kreese has some some death on his hands. Yep. Quote unquote innocent death, however you want to look at that situation. But uh but we get Terry Silver and that made me so giddy <laughs> that he's coming. What did you think of the swerve they did with Kreese in the very beginning? When in the diner? Surely you thought the the football jock with the letter jacket was Kreese, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then okay. they're gonna recruit him to go. go to yeah, not, yeah. I yeah, I assume so. Okay. Well, it was funny because I don't remember if I told you this or not. Maybe I did, but when we were watching, that, I was like, "God, they did a good job. That guy sounds just like Martin Cove. Like it sounds like John Kreese." And then I found out later that that is Martin Cove's son. Yeah, playing. They the, didn't give the him the, the John Kreese role. They gave no. him the guy who beats up John Kreese. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's a great swerve. I mean, very well executed, right? Like Only if you know who his son is. Well, I mean, like, he, to me, he clearly sounded like him and, and just kind of something about him, like, resembled Crease, you know, right? Like, so I, I clearly watched that epi- that scene thinking, like, oh, that's John Crease. I know, huh? I got these guys. I know exactly what they're doing. And then, no, I didn't. Yep, nope, that got me. 
that guy. Yeah, which I I was kind of a little bit like, you know, okay, fool me once, and then you do it again with Terry Silver. Like, okay, you know, you're keeping us on our toes, fine, blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I like the backstory. I, I think it might have been a little bit long in the tooth, and I, I'm not sure that I like Crease being sympathetic, but, I mean, I guess I get that, like, not everybody's born an asshole. Sometimes you just become one and all that stuff. I just... Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want Crease to be sympathetic. Like, don't bring Terry Silver in to then make Crease, you know, soft, soft or liked. Right? Like, you just got to own that Crease and Silver are going to be bad guys, and they are your villains in this story. Because you, you can't, you can't, you know, reverse everybody. You're doing it to Johnny. Let's let's not go overboard with it. Yeah, and that's that's the problem with going to backstories is, and like I mentioned, but you just want Crease to just always have been an asshole. Like he's mm-hmm. the ultimate karate villain. Yeah, you know, and he has his financier okay question does terry silver have all of his billions still oh yeah i think so i, I think something so. toxic sludge uh he's got to have moved on to something more 2020 i don't know what that would be uh you know data mining per- yeah, con- per- personal con- information conning people out of bitcoin or something i don't know <laughs> silver coin i don't know we'll, we'll have something but yeah he, he there's no way he just loses all of his money He's okay. gonna so he's gonna come in with a big bankroll. He's still leaving Johnny on or uh, Crease on the street, but yeah, but he's a billionaire. Okay, well, Crease on the street that can somehow afford exorbitant rent uh, for the for the dojo that was raised to. Uh, well, the dojo's you know, been win. making a lot of really good money with Cobra Kai. <laughs> I'm sure it has. Those kids have been paying on time. <laughs> um, okay, so the the only last thing I think I have. Um, I have two things. One, uh, we never talked about Eagle Fang, which is what Johnny <laughs> rebrands Cobra Kai, which is hilarious. I was wondering, I was like, oh my God, what is he going to call this thing? And Eagle Fang was hilarious. That's so Johnny. Yeah, it, it is. It fits Eagle Fang. Eagles don't have fangs. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, the only other thing I have is uh, the, the the fight at the end. So we talked about this in the beginning of the podcast. Um, I remember distinctly you were not a fan of the big school fight at the end of season two. You thought it was just kind of cheesy and not believable and all that kind of stuff. So as I was watching season three, I was like, oh, God, Carson's for sure going to hate this because, you know, the only thing worse than having a big, unbelievable fight at the end of season two is doing it again in season three. So I don't think I really got your thoughts on it, but the, the big fight at the LaRusso house between Cobra Kai, Miyagi-Do, Eagle Fang, all that, like, what what would you think? It was better because it was at his house. Okay. And I know they tried to hint why no teachers got involved at all in the entire karate riot, you know, this season. You know, they said they're not allowed to intervene, Mm -hmm. you know, but they weren't even there. They weren't even there watching, you know, and and that was a big problem. You just had this huge, massive fight. And and nobody's trying to stop them from fighting, and right. and so it just suspended reality. And like that wouldn't happen. It automatic is so cheesy and automatically took me out of it. Uh, this was at a house. I mean, showing up and trashing a house. I was okay with it, even though it was basically the same. okay. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't have a problem with the one in season two. I just you know it was ha- I thought the show was having fun. I know they run a teacher out there. He's like, oh, I'm not getting involved in this. So that was kind of their cop out with that. And they had the stingray guy walking around being security. So there were, there were some things in there, but I agree. It was exaggerated in season two and I can definitely get why people didn't like it. It just didn't bother me as much. And in the fight in three, it doesn't bother me from a fight or a filming or a character standpoint at all. I mean, that's when you get Hawk turning, even though I, I kind of felt like the Hawk turn was, they'd been hinting at it for sure the whole season. So you kind of knew it was coming, but in the moment it felt like it wasn't quite earned. Um, 
but the only real problem I have with the fight at the end is just that it's the same exaggerated fight done in a different location. It's like, okay, you ended season two the same way. Like, let's not go back to that well. Because, I mean, basically you're going to end seasons one and presumably four with tournament fights, and then you've ended two and three with you know, big all-out brawl. So it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, you know. How else else are you going to show them fighting? If you don't have a tournament, you got to have a brawl. Yeah, I I get it. But at the same time, like, maybe they don't necessarily fight, you know? Like, I I don't know. Find a way around it. It just seemed like a rehash of season two. You you wanted to have one of them have a big speech? No, 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 no. Just all laid down their arms and... (laughs) no i mean but these guys are good writers so i just would expect maybe maybe you just have individual conflicts across the last couple of episodes instead of just all out brawls between both dojos that are filmed in like these big long takes you know what i'm saying like there's ways of still having the conflicts without literally being almost the exact same thing well it's a movie about or it's a show about karate and you've had individual fights throughout the whole season yeah. So I, I feel like you do need to have something where people are involved. But I, I did like the Hawk turn. Uh, I did think it was going to happen earlier at a couple times. They were mm-hmm. like, now would be a good time for him to turn. Um, right. When they did, I liked it. So uh, I didn't feel like it was forced. Um, it felt it felt right. Okay. For him to go help I his mean- friend. Yeah, yeah. It, more of a, hey, I, I can kick his ass, but you can't kick his ass. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. It was just something about, like, in the heat of the moment, right there in that big fight, it just didn't seem like it had all the weight it could have. I, I, I think they set it up. I think all the, the settings were there. There was just, I, I don't know. Something about it felt almost a little lackluster, maybe is the right word. Um, it reminds me of the end of... Spider-Man Far From Home when he finally, you know, closes his eyes and senses everything going on. Like I wanted that moment to be a little bit more called out and bigger and and hit a little bit more cuz I don't even think I caught the first time I watched it that his eyes were shut. It's, it's just something people. like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it's it's like that where it's not a bad moment. It was earned from for the like as a build up to that moment, but like I just wanted it to hit a little bit harder than what it did. And and that could just be me. Um, just the thing where is, I, was. I had a lump in my throat, you know, and I was cheering <laughs> up, and I, and I I like the turn. Okay, I mean, yeah, I I like that. I like that Hawk is is back. I think his his arc as the main bad guy had kind of ended. Like I, course, I just, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I don't think he could have done another season as as the big bad. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I do have one last line that I thought uh, Johnny, it just nailed it was mm-hmm. uh, when he was talking to the nurse. I think it was episode one, maybe two. <laughs> he says, uh, come on, be a bad girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and she just, so Johnny. She, yeah. He yeah. thinks it's going to work. <laughs> right. And he, and even when he puts on the doctor's outfit and the stethoscope, like, again, a cheesy 80s show, would, he, he clearly does not look like a doctor. Yeah, and the guy <laughs> tells him that. that. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Oh man. Um I think the only other thing we didn't touch on is Allie. Um I was really worried how they were going to bring Allie back in and whether ruin it, ruin Johnny's relationship. Yes, I absolutely thought that she was going to take a picture of them together 
tag it on Facebook and Carmen was going to see it. And that was going to be like a, a love triangle thing. And, and then he was going to kiss her uh, right outside. Yes. And she was yes. going to be working that event or standing outside or something. And I yeah, is like I had a every time Allie and him were getting blows, it's like, uh, it's in my gut. I was like, we mm-hmm. just we just got them together. Yep. You know, and then they're going to throw this at. But I'm glad they kept Allie as a likable, you know, medium between the two of them. Yeah. And, and honestly, even better, like she's basically the reason Daniel and Johnny kind of get back together and, and decide that it's okay to partner up again. Right. Uh, and I always love when her, I mean, not always her, but it's usually Daniel's wife that does it. But you know, the whole like, Hey, uh, you realize you're freaking out about a karate dojo sensei coming <laughs> right. after you. Like, and, and Ali added some of that too. So I kind of hope that's all we see of Ali. I think it's enough. I don't think we need to see any more. I think she's like the, the, the chosen and Kumiko, like, okay, came back, had your impact, uh, wrote her into the story really nice. And, now you can move on, and we'll we'll kind of slip back into the main characters. Send again. her but, back to Colorado. Yep. Yeah, I think it was really, really well done. And again, you you probably couldn't write that any better. Did they, you they, 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 they teased her earlier as the doctor. Yes, there was a lot of talk online that people thought she was going to be the doctor to come in and save Miguel, and then obviously the doctor's back was turned to us with the blonde hair, and yeah, and he's looking at her, and she turns around like nobody. And I'm like, okay, what, are they going to yeah. keep doing this with her? Uh huh. Yeah, again, it's the attention to detail and, and the little swerves here and there and all that stuff that really just make this show. I mean, it's one of my favorite shows probably of 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 all time, considering what it brings to the table, how it brings back the nostalgia, all that kind of stuff. It's just it's something that I think I could watch over and over and over again and just kind of not really ever get sick of it. You find it hard to recommend? I don't. I recommend it to everybody. I've even tried to get my kids to watch it because I think it's got something for everybody, like for the adults who can who can reference back, for people who are just kind of brand new to it. The kids have the kid angle. Like I, I truly think it's a it's a very easy show to recommend. I, I have a hard time recommending it. I feel like if you don't have the background in Karate Kid, that it might be too over the top and cheesy for you. Like I don't. Know, I don't think. I don't so. know if Johnny carries it without knowing Johnny. I know a couple of people who I've recommended it to that have not, that that are not in the weeds with Karate Kid like we are, and they have thoroughly enjoyed it. So I think, well, I, 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 I don't get think people are where we are. I don't think normal people should be where we are, but I feel like that you have to have some basis in seeing the movies more than once, not thirty years ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think you can still enjoy it because the writing is that good. But will you enjoy it to its max potential? No, probably not. But I think it's written well enough that it's highly accessible. Like, I think Killian, my son, has only seen um, Karate Kid, the first one, like once. And I don't think my daughter has ever seen it. So, But I think if I put them in front of it, I think they would enjoy it. So it, it's not to the max potential that you can enjoy it. But I definitely think it's a overly accessible show that everybody could enjoy. But you will enjoy it the more you are familiar with the original series. Because I always say that, you know, you need to know the, the original series to get a lot of the jokes, but don't watch them one, two, three. Oh, well, <laughs> watch them in order. Yes. Do not marathon them. Do not marathon them. You will yeah. never make it to the series. No. And actually, you know what? I would argue that you can watch one and two back to back. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. One and two <laughs> are fine. You You need to give yourself a minimum 24 hours break before you watch four hours. I'd minimum. say give it, give it next weekend. Uh, ideally. Yes. Week. Ideally. I would say give it a week. Just, just take a breather from the world of Daniel LaRusso 
and then come back to three because his whininess will seem much more tolerable. <laughs> and on that note. Yeah, on that note, that's uh so what is this the only show this is the only non movie review we've ever done, right? Like Correct. We we Okay. Have, because they went from movie to show and I feel like that, that fits. And then also I think we're gonna have a bunch of these with Marvel coming with that, that, uh, coming that is out. true. Well, and I've heard for this one that they are, it's expected to be out within the next year. So maybe perhaps by the end of uh, 2020, wait, we're in 2021. By the end of 2021, uh, we might have our next season. That'd be great. Yeah. We've earned it. (laughs) All right. I think that's it for us. Uh, We will be back the next week. And just like last time, we have no idea what we're covering because nobody's releasing new movies. So... Maybe some, uh, maybe some good trailers or some news will break, and maybe we'll get our first kind of uh, just like movie chat episode where we talk about some trailers and stuff, or maybe we'll dig something up from the movies and watch that. Who knows? Who knows? Keep you on your toes. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? A bit of both? Bit of both.